time is running out. I'm talking here and now. I'm talking here and now. It's not about what you've done. It's about what you do. And welcome to Get You Fit Radio with your host, Irene Cook, the radio show that keeps you healthy and helps you lead a healthy lifestyle. Well, I hope everybody's enjoying the winter holiday season with the cold and the Valentine's Day that just passed. And something came across uh, the the shelves the other day, and I, I noticed as I was at Walmart all of the different labeling that is on products these days. Well, it's something that I've noticed for a while, but it's something that um, really caught my eye as I was uh, paying for, for my groceries. And it was something that I've noticed is on almost all the groceries now. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do a show on this. Um, food intolerances and sensitivities. So gluten-free seems to be the way to be. Uh, It's a trend. Yes, it is. A lot of people uh, are gluten-free because they want to be gluten-free. A lot of people are gluten-free because they have an intolerance to gluten. A lot of people are gluten-free because they are allergic to gluten. And those three things are very, very separate. So I thought, you know, I'm going to educate my listeners on the differences of this disease. So celiac disease is the disease that people have. It's an autoimmune disease that can be very serious, and it occurs genetically in in predisposed people um, where if ingested, gluten can lead to damage of the small intestines. Um, Because our society now has gluten-free labeling everywhere, and a lot of people have found that they have an intolerance to the gluten, um, there, there is a little bit of confusion as the difference between someone that might be truly allergic and someone that might be intolerant. And it, it actually doesn't matter, but I wanted to clarify the difference and I wanted to talk about the seriousness of the disease um, and kind of educate people in, in what does happen if, if somebody um, truly is celiac and comes across um, gluten. Um, it's actually estimated that one in 100 people worldwide have celiac two and uh, two and a half million Americans are undiagnosed and are at risk of having these long-term health complications. Uh, this particular subject is is very sensitive to me because in 2011, I was diagnosed with celiac. Um, it was a, a shock to me because I had never really even heard of the disease back then. It was sort of new. People, people had not uh, really heard of it. Gluten-free labeling was not something that you saw like you see today. Um, and I was experiencing symptoms and somebody urged me to go get tested. Well, back in 2011, I went to the doctor and asked for this testing, and of course, my insurance didn't want to pay for it. The doctor looked at me like I was crazy, and I had to push for the test um, that later revealed that I was indeed um, celiac. Um, When people with celiac disease eat gluten, which is a, a protein that's found in wheat, 
rye, and barley, um, their body mounts an immune response that attacks the small intestines. These attacks lead to damage within these small finger-like um, projections in the lining of the small intestines that, that prevent nutrient absorption. So when these uh, finger-like uh, uh, objects in the, in the uh, projections in the small intestine get damaged, nutrients cannot be absorbed. To my surprise, I was iron deficient for years and years and years and years. My body was not absorbing iron. I had no idea why, but now that I don't eat gluten, I don't have this iron deficiency. Um, I also don't have all the other symptoms that were coming along with it. Um, gluten is a protein that is found primarily in, in wheat, like I just said. Um, if a per person that eats the gluten, it usually will give them digestive problems. Usually it's gassiness, abdominal pain, diarrhea. Um, sometimes people that have celiac um, have other issues such as skin problems, um, and it could lead to all other long-term effects that I will talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, research indicates that around 1% of people in the United States have this disease, but interestingly, 6% of Americans have an intolerance to this disease. So the difference there is someone like me that might have a true allergy um, that would cause long-term damaging effects, um, that's 1%, but there's 6% of people that have an intolerance that might experience these symptoms such as gassiness, bloating, um, discomfort, diarrhea, when eating gluten um, that won't damage their intestines and, and lead to long-term health effects. And these people should also stay away from gluten. And, and that's why there is this huge rise in everybody wanting to go gluten-free. Um, gluten intolerances can cause similar symptoms to celiac disease, but like I said, they will not have long-term effects. The symptoms of these gluten intolerances um, also mimic uh, the same symptoms as IBS, irritable bowel sim, uh, syndrome, and about 15% of Americans have IBS. So there's, there's a lot of discussion in the medical community as to how many people have IBS and how many people actually have celiac but have not been tested, and therefore um, there might be some confusion in, in that as well. Um, so my big question to you is this. How many people have, have tried gluten-free products? Well, a lot of these gluten-free products are actually amazing. Now, back in 2011, I will say, when, when, when I started and I was forced to have to start to eat gluten-free, a lot of the stuff was just awful. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the bread was not something you'd want to eat. Nowadays, uh, it, it's expensive, but it has really come a long, long way. So if you are somebody that has this this intolerance um, or you are experiencing these symptoms, the only real way to know if you have um, this immune disease is to get tested. So how do you get tested? Well, uh, there are two tests that can help you diagnose it, um, and you would have to go to your doctor and, and ask to be tested. But before you do that, my suggestion is to swipe out all gluten products from your diet for a, a, a good solid week or two. Now, when I say to do that, I mean 100%. 
not 99% of gluten products, 100% of gluten products. Because if you, if you take out all gluten out of your diet and you notice a, a change in, in your symptoms, then, then you can go to the doctor and say that you feel that there might be an issue. If you still test negative for celiac, um, well, then you'll know that possibly you just are intolerant. My husband, for example, he's definitely intolerant. Every time he, he eats something with wheat, um, he has stomach aches. Um, you know, he, his face will even react and he'll, 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 he's more prone to sinus infections. Does that stop him? It sure does not. <laughs> he will still eat the, the, the bread and, and, and the gluten because it's not going to affect him long term. So there is a big, big difference. All right. So what are the main symptoms of celiac disease in adults? Iron deficiency, anemia, joint pain, and stiffness. I've had clients take gluten out of their diet, and they have said that their arthritic and, and joint pains have gone away. Fatigue, uh, skin disorders, numbness and tingling of the hands and feet, discoloration, um, and uh, loss of tooth enamel. Um, I'm somebody that has terrible dental issues. And my brother is my dentist. And for years and years and years, he was astonished as to why I had such bad issues with my teeth. And as my brother, he has perfect teeth, not a single cavity. We grew up in the same house. Well, now the mystery is over. We know why. Why? Um, pale sores inside the mouth, uh, irregular menstrual periods, infertility and miscarriage. And then, of course, the long-term effects um, are great. Um, people with celiac disease have a two times greater risk of developing coronary artery disease. Um, they have a four time greater chance of developing small bowel cancers. Um, and, of course, a larger chance of other autoimmune disorders. So, what happens if you do have celiac or someone in your family has celiac? What does that mean for you? Well, people with first-degree relative that have celiac have a one in four chance of developing celiac disease. Well, wouldn't you know that I have four kids? And wouldn't you know that that statistic stands so true because one of my four children has celiac disease. And lucky for her, today she had a half a day of school. So I brought her here as my guest. Ava, can you say hi to everybody? Hi. Ava is here. Um, and Ava, unfortunately, um, was diagnosed with, with celiac herself. And, and um, I'm going to go through some, some symptoms of celiac, and then I'm going to have Ava share her experience as, um, as a child growing up with, with celiac and, um, and, and share some, some things that she kind of goes through and share some highlights of it and share some downlights of it and, and kind of take it from there. So celiac disease symptoms in children are different than uh, celiac disease symptoms of, of adults. Um, they are um, very similar in that they are uh, still compelled to have digestive issues, um, irritable bowel, um, diarrhea, gassiness. But children with celiac disease also um, tend to be smaller 
um, they have delayed puberty, and they have poor growth. And this is because their bodies cannot absorb the nutrients properly. Um, they tend to lose weight. Uh, they have short statute. Um, again, the diarrhea, the constipation, poor appetite. And this is not always, this is not all children, um, but there's definitely a, a big highlight in those areas. Um, chronic fatigue, iron deficiency, dental uh, enamel defects, and Ava inherited those too, as she's already had several cavities, um, and, and her and I have a special toothpaste that we use now to help with, with that and protecting the enamel of our teeth. Um, bloated abdomen, or what uh, pediatricians call pot belly in children, um, osteoporosis in children, and, and even headaches. Um, so some children don't have any of these symptoms at all. So I'm going to kind of introduce Ava here. And um, Ava, can you tell um, our listeners, how old were you? Do you remember how old you were when when you were diagnosed uh, with celiac? I was five and I was in kindergarten. You were in kindergarten. And I know that you remember um, the day that, that I told you that you had celiac because um, we, we sort of suspected that you had it because um, we were going on a camping trip and I recall that we tested by taking the gluten out of your diet. Do you remember that? Yeah, we did it for like a week or two. Yep, a week or two. And um, when I got the phone call um, that you were indeed um, positive for celiac, I remember telling you. And I, of course, were sad, but do you remember at all what your reaction was? I was happy and sad because I didn't know what it actually meant yet. But we went to stop for like a gas gas station because we were at a... Um, camp, uh-huh. and you said you can eat anything in this aisle, and I was sad because some of my certain favorite snacks were gone, and I couldn't have them ever again. Yep, but you were already pretty educated on it because at by the age of five, you already knew which things I could have and which things um, I couldn't have already, which was very very helpful. Um, what do you notice when you eat gluten? What things do you notice? My stomach starts to hurt. I get bloated. I sometimes throw up, and I just don't feel good in general. Yeah, um, and and there's times in our house where we might have an accidental ingestion, as we call it, um, because that does happen sometimes if, if there's some cross-contamination, and, and we generally will look at each other and look at our bellies and know, uh-oh, there might have been some cross-contamination of, of some sort. Um, and, you know, it does obviously happen, and there's nothing that we can do to, to prevent that except for always be on the lookout for um, possible cross-contamination. Um, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Huntley Community Radio um, and uh, WHRULP, and we're talking about uh, celiac disease, and I have my 10-year-old daughter here, Ava, and she is a uh, tested positive for celiac at the age of 10. And we're kind of talking about the experiences and um, and what it's like for her to have a food intolerance at the age of 10. So Ava, how do you handle social situations where you know you can't eat something? So for example, today was a Valentine's Day party at school, and we didn't really even get a chance to talk about it. So um, were there things at the party that you couldn't eat? What What happened at school today? So if the kids are passing out candy and there's something I couldn't have, I would give it to my friend 
and my teacher has like a special little bag that I can have, and she says you can go get a bag of popcorn or whatever's in the bag. Does that bother you, or or are you used to it, or do you think score? Maybe there'll be something cool in the bag, or what? What, what do you think when that happens? Um, I mean, I do wish I could have all those snacks, but I'm used to it, and I'm fine with it because at least I still do get food. Yep. Okay. That's that's a good answer, and that's exactly the same way I feel when I'm somewhere and and I can't have something as well. Um, how do your classmates? Or, or your peers make you feel when something like that happens? Um, they make me feel, I mean, like I said, my teacher does give me stuff, and my classmates just know and they don't, like, ask me, hey, do you want this cupcake? I'm finished with it. Um, they sometimes say, oh, I feel bad for you, which doesn't affect, but um, they're good with it, and they... Um, are pretty much used to me just not being able to eat some stuff. And I'm sure there's other kids in your class that might have other allergies. Are there other kids that are gluten-free or dairy-free in your class? Um, none that are gluten-free, but um, some of them do have other allergies. And I just tell them it's just the same allergy, but I have a little more of a list. Right, right. So that, that makes it a little bit easier. Um, so one of the things that I've always um, talked about with my clients and, of course, my children is that every dark cloud has a silver lining. Um, and this this cloud is not that dark because it's, it's not the most horrible thing in the world. But, but in your eyes, Ava, um, this dark cloud, this celiac cloud, um, has a silver lining, of course. And so what would you say the, the silver lining is to this dark cloud? The silver lining, I would say, is all the little things that my mom gets me. Like yesterday for Valentine's Day, she got me gluten-free little cupcakes. And my disease makes me feel and realize that there's things that are worse and I can still um, relate to other people and it's not like I can't uh, it's not like a bad thing it's just like oh I can't have that I can have this though right so so for everything that you can't have um, at school maybe there was a brownie that you couldn't have there might have been something exciting that you could have um, that perhaps you wouldn't have been able to get if you didn't have your intolerance Yep, that makes perfect sense. So that's that's a really good positive way to, to definitely look at it. Um, so back to um, the intolerances and, and the disease itself. Um, from a health standpoint, is it harmful to eat gluten-free if you don't need to eat gluten-free? The answer is no. Uh, it might be harmful to your pocketbook because it is expensive. And the reason that it is expensive, it's costly because uh, the materials um, that it, it takes to make these gluten-free items um, are more expensive. Um, gluten-free baked goods are usually made with um, rice flours and corn flours and um, oat flours, and they are a little bit more pricey. But what usually drives the price up is the care um, and the time that it takes to prepare these goods um, in a gluten-free environment. Um, the, the reason for this is they can't just make all of these things in the same kitchens as a regular kitchen. So to give you an example, these cupcakes that I bought my 
beautiful daughter here. I spent way too much on, and they were amazing, by the way. They were absolutely amazing. But um, they, they came to about a dollar a cupcake, and, and they were not full-size cupcakes. They were smaller than the miniature cupcakes. They were, like, bite-sized. Um, and, and they were really costly. But um, these cannot be made in the same kitchen as as these big manufacturers make they there's they can't take the chance of of flour flying into the kitchen um that is gluten-free um to give you an example of how insensitive i am um when i cook um flour is very very light and when i make pizza uh for my husband and the rest of my family it, it flies up in the air. I mean, I can ingest that. And I have gotten sick before from just breathing that. Um, my daughter, my older daughter, works at uh, a restaurant. And, you know, in the back, in the kitchen, when they're cutting bread with a knife, and they take that same knife, and then they're going to cut a gluten-free piece of bread with it, that bread then is technically cross-contaminated. Now, someone that has celiac disease, believe it or not, and is really sensitive will get sick. Now, will that send us to the hospital? No, it will not send us to the hospital. But will we not feel good? We won't feel good. So so one of the things about um, the gluten-free trend, as you might say, um, is, and I've witnessed it before, where people will almost degrade it and say, well, you know, my gosh, gluten-free, you know, why do you have to have a special kitchen for your gluten-free, um, you know, baked goods? The reason for that is um, the, the sensitivity of some people could be that extreme where um, cutting a, a piece of bread with the same knife um, could cause somebody to get sick. And, and as I said earlier, the long-term effects of this could cause uh, great risks in coronary heart, um, bowel cancers, and and if somebody that is serious about swiping gluten out of their diet and goes out of their way to keep it out of their diet, um, then accidentally ingests it because somebody cut their bread with a knife that was cross-contaminated, that's really just not a, a fair thing to do. So if you want to try a gluten-free diet, the great news about this is everything is labeled. Um, when I started gluten-free uh, nine years ago, I had to search, I had to Google, and even that was hard. Now I laugh. I, I think I bought water once and it said gluten-free. I mean, everything is labeled and it makes it so much easier. Um, and then in addition to that, not only is uh things labeled for gluten-free, but dairy-free, um, and I'm seeing all sorts of other labeling um, out there for uh, nuts and and all sorts of other different allergens, so people are aware of what is in their food before, before they eat it. Um, if you are feeling like you are having an intolerance, like I said, take it out of your diet, um, give it a try. But it has to be out completely. And there are some foods that are very, very tricky. And I'm going to throw out the, the top ones that you would never suspect have gluten in them. Soy sauce is not gluten-free. It is, is loaded with gluten. Um, so if you are somebody that loves uh, soy sauce and, and soy sauce is in a ton of sauces and gravies, um, soy sauce is not gluten-free. 
Another one that is really tricky is licorice. Now, why would you think licorice would have gluten in it? Well, it does. Uh, licorice has flour in it. It's made with flour. So uh, that's one that has stung me many times at the beginning. I assumed it was gluten-free and it was not. Um, another big one is imitation crab. Imitation crab is actually made with wheat. Um, it is not real fish. Um, it's actually made with flour. Um, those are the three top big ones. The rest are pretty obvious. Um, and, and don't be confused. Gluten is not the same as carb. So rice is safe. Potatoes are safe. Um, there's there's some, some confusion in that. Um, carbohydrates are not the same as gluten. Gluten is the protein that is in the wheat. So there's all sorts of breads that you can have um, that might be made with rice flours. Um, there might be ma made with almond flours. Um, you can get really, really creative with your cooking, and um, it, it, it takes it takes some skill. Um, my mom, in fact, has mastered the art of making every possible Greek pastry. Right, Ava? Yes. She has made every Greek pastry possible gluten-free. We can open a Yaya's Bakery of gluten-free gluteia, right? <laughs> Anyhow, so I hope that you uh, enjoyed our show. I hope that you learned something about celiac disease. Um, if you're wondering if you are feeling any of these symptoms, give it a try. Gluten-free is the way to be. Right, Ava? Yep. Enjoy your day. It's not about what you've done, it's about what you've done.